You're listening to the Pursuit of Christ podcast, where we are passionate about developing a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ by taking the truths of Scripture and applying them to everyday life. We hope that you'll be encouraged and challenged as we examine God's Word together today. Well, good morning, and welcome to episode number 14 of Promised Land this morning. I know you were probably expecting to see Pastor Will today, um, but he and I talked yesterday while he was still in Ohio, and because he and Pastor David were going to get in so late last night, uh, we talked and he asked me if I'd be willing to uh, step in and fill in for him one more day. And so I'm excited to once again have the opportunity to open God's Word with you and to look at this episode of Promised Land together. Today we're going to be in Joshua chapter 8, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 29. And so with that, because it is a little bit longer section today, we're actually going to be talking about the conquest of AI. So over the last couple of days, we've discussed uh, Israel's first attempt to conquer the city of AI, uh, which was a complete failure. They didn't consult the Lord. They got complacent after their victory over the city of Jericho. And they go and attack without consulting the Lord. And as a result, Israel is soundly defeated. And then uh, on Wednesday, Billy talked about Joshua's response and the people's response to God after that stunning defeat and how God instructs them. And then yesterday, uh, we talked about the judgment of Achan for the sin that he committed, uh, for his idolatry, for violating the covenant that God had with Israel. And as a result, God punished Achan. Uh, the nation is once again sanctified. And that brings us here to chapter 8 verses 1 through 29, and we're going to actually talk about the conquest of the city of Ai today. Um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and ask the Lord to help us. Uh, so let's just have a quick word of prayer, and then we'll take a few minutes and we'll look at the text together this morning. All right, but let's ask the Lord to help us as we get going today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to look at your word. I pray that you would help me this morning to rightfully divide the word of truth as we look at the story. I pray that it would be a blessing and an encouragement to us, uh, and we'll give you the honor and glory for everything that's done. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right, so if you look at chapter 8, uh, and then starting at verse 1, it says this, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Okay, so immediately here in chapter 8 and verse 1, we can see that Joshua and the Lord are once again communicating. All right, so Joshua does not make the same mistake twice. After Israel is resoundingly defeated, the first time that they go after the city of Ai, now Joshua consults the Lord. So the nation has been sanctified, and the Lord, this, this takes us back to chapter 1, when, when the Lord tells Joshua, fear not, don't be dismayed. And he now gives him clear instructions. And Joshua, as you go through this chapter, Joshua follows the Lord's instructions to the letter. Joshua is not going to make the same mistake twice. So he consults the Lord, he gets clear instructions, and he obeys exactly what the Lord tells him to do. Now it's really interesting because uh, the battle of Ai, this is really um, the most tactically elaborate story that we get throughout the book of Joshua. So in the city of Jericho, we don't really get a battle plan there per se because the Lord clearly fought that victory for the nation of Israel. But here there's an actual battle that is fought. And instead of working through the entire text and reading it and, and me explain, let, let me just give you the quick breakdown of what happens. 
But I always encourage you to go do some Acts 17, 11 on your own, right? So be as the Bereans that search the scripture and see whether these things are so. So don't just take my word for it. Go study this out on your own. But according to my study, let me just give you a, a brief synopsis here of what happens. So the Lord commands Joshua to actually split his army into two forces. You have a small ambush force, and then you have the main army. And if you remember at the beginning of chapter 7, when Israel is defeated, the men of Ai actually come out of the city, and they pursue the Israelites a great way away, a great distance away. And so Joshua actually uses that to his advantage here. So Joshua sends a small ambush force out to the west of the city, and they hide. They actually hide out there for a couple of days. And then Joshua leads the main army to the gates of the city of Ai. And when the men of Ai see them there, they leave the city and once again pursue the Israelites out into the wilderness. And Joshua and his army actually make a tactical retreat away from the city of Ai. Well, after all the men of the city are drawn out, the ambush force goes into the city behind the Aites. And they actually burn the city uh, they burn the city after all the men of war have abandoned it. And the men of Ai, once they come out of the city and they chase the Israelites, uh, they, they chase the main force of the Israelites out of the city, they turn around and they see that the city of Ai is going up in smoke. And all of a sudden, the ambush force comes out of the city from destroying it. They come out and now the men of Ai are trapped between the ambush force of the Israelites and the main army of the Israelites, and they surround the men of Ai, and there's a great slaughter, there's great destruction that is there. So again, you can go in and kind of study that on your own, but that's, the, that's what we really see in the battle plan that God gives, and we see that Joshua follows that battle plan to the letter. And really, you see the main section of the battle here, starting in verse 14, and really working through uh, verse 23. And in verse 23, the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him unto Joshua. All right, and now pick it up with me in verse 24. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness, wherein they chased them. And when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all that fell that day, both of men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. For Joshua drew not his hand back wherewith he had stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the cattle and the spoil of the city of Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according unto the word of the Lord which he commanded Joshua. And Joshua burnt Ai and made it in heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. And the king of Ai he hanged on the tree until eventide, and as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering of the gate of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that remaineth unto this day. Let me give you just a couple of thoughts here as I look at this text, uh, Joshua chapter 8, verses 1 through 29. First of all, Joshua consults the Lord and the Lord grants victory. All right, so. We see in chapter 7 that the nation of Israel had disobeyed the Lord. Joshua gets complacent. He doesn't consult the Lord. And as a result, there is victory, or there is defeat and judgment. But here, the people have been sanctified. The sin has been confessed and the sin has been judged. 
and Joshua seeks the Lord. The Lord communes with Joshua and Joshua can go forth again in the confidence that the Lord is going to do what he has promised and he is going to deliver the Canaanites into Israel's hand. So when we walk with the Lord, when we do what is right, and when we seek his will, we can be confident that God will work for us. And that is what we see again in chapter 8. The Israelites, Joshua in particular, he communes with the Lord, he seeks the face of the Lord, he seeks the will of God, and then he obeys exactly what God has commanded him to do. And there's a lesson there for you and I. So often we try to do things in our own effort. Right, We say, well, I can passionately pursue Christ on my own. I can do that apart from the grace of God. I can do that outside of the will of God. And this is a temptation for all of us. Right, And what this looks like in the New Testament, I think, is when you turn to the book of Galatians and we see individuals who are trying to come to Christ by keeping the works of the law. And Paul, throughout that entire epistle, says, no, justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And we walk in the spirit of God by the grace of God. That's why Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 tells us, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But how do we do that? For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So when we have victory in our Christian life, as we work out our own salvation, as we walk in the spirit, we understand that we do that because God is at work for us and in us and then through us. So it is not on our own. It is not a product of our own human enablement. Rather, it is God that is working on our behalf. And here in the Old Testament, in the conquest of the land of Canaan, we see that God is working for his people. He is fighting for his people. And when his people yield themselves to him, and when they, when they commit to obedience and to following God's battle plan, there is incredible victory that is there. So there's a lesson there for you and I. Are we yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God? Are we walking in the grace of God? Are we walking in obedience to his will and to his word? Because when we do, there's victory to be had, but only as we yield ourselves in obedience to God. And that's a convicting lesson, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not teaching to you this morning. I'm teaching to myself. This is an important lesson for all of us to be reminded of every day. And that's why Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is really the only reasonable thing that we can do. And how do we do that on a daily basis? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That is a daily process. That's a daily process. Don't be conformed to the world, but be renewed by the spirit of your mind. Now look with me when we come to the end of verse 24. It says, It came to pass when all Israel had made an end of the slaying, and it talks through the end of there. But we look at the ultimate victory that God provides. But we also look at the destruction of those that resist God. We look at the destruction of those that resist God. And this destruction is ultimate. It says, And Joshua burnt Ai and made it a heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. So in Bible times, in, in, the, in the world in which there was written, this was written, it was common, right? Cities were built in advantageous places. 
typically by rivers, by good water sources, easy for trade and commerce for goods to be moved up and down. And so it was common if a conquering army came in and destroyed a city, right, tore the walls down. But it was common for another city to be built later in that place because it was such an advantageous position. So what would happen over time is there would be mounds of ruins that would develop. And a city, if a city was conquered and the walls were torn down, another city, once that rubble had kind of set and rested and that mound had been built up a little bit more, it was common for another city to be built in its place. So over time, cities were typically built on large hills, but they were built on the destruction and the ruins of towns and villages and then later cities that were built there on top of it. But look at what happens in the city of Ai. So Ai has resisted God. They have resisted uh, the, the people of God. And look at what happens as a result. And Joshua burnt Ai in verse 28, and he made it in heap forever. So when this book was written into the original audience that was written to, it was still a desolation. So there was no city that had been built on top of it. God made sure that when Ai was destroyed, it was destroyed utterly, and there was not another city that was built in its place. For those who resist God, for those who fight against God, the destruction is total and ultimate. And we even see that in the way that the king is treated. The king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide, right? So they took the king of Ai and he was exposed in a humiliating way. But even here we see that Joshua obeys the commands of the law because they cut down the body before evening. It was uh, forbidden in the book of Deuteronomy that a carcass should be exposed in that way overnight. So Joshua even here is following the commands of the law to the letter, right? Joshua has learned his lesson. He wants to make sure that he follows the, the law co correctly and completely. But I, I just, I, it's important for us to point out here the ultimate destruction of those that resist God. And there is coming a day when the Lord will, will come in total victory. And this is what we see in Revelation chapter 19. There is one, there's a day coming when Jesus Christ will descend from heaven with his armies. And on his side, there is written a name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he will win ultimate and total victory. And that's an encouragement and that's a blessing for those who are his. There is a day coming when total victory will be belong to Jesus. And we can be encouraged and we can be challenged because we know the end of the story and we know that God wins and we know that Jesus will be king. And I think that this victory over the city of Ai in a small way encapsulates the total future victory that Jesus Christ will win on behalf of his people. So just to recap, right? Just to recap, walk in obedience, walk in victory. God desires to give his people victory, but God does that on his terms. And we have to walk in obedience. We have to walk yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. We have to walk in the grace that God gives. And when Joshua confesses his sins, when he chooses to no longer be complacent, but to walk in obedience to God, we see that God gives total victory. And then when we come to the end of this chapter and we look at the ultimate destruction of those that resist God, it should be an encouragement to us as we remember that total victory belongs to the Lord. And there is coming a day when Jesus Christ will win completely 
and you and I who are his and you and I who are faithful, we will be victorious with Jesus Christ. We know the end of the story. We know that God wins. And that should be an encouragement and a blessing to each of us. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for continuing to log in and be a part of our study this week. And uh, I know that uh, Pastor Will uh, is looking forward to getting back into this study with everybody again next week. Uh, I was going to say, if there's anything that we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please don't hesitate to shoot us a text, give us a call, send us an email. If there's anything that we can do to be a help or a blessing, we would be happy to do that for you. And uh, we're here to serve. And so we would love to have the opportunity to talk with you, to connect, if there's anything that we can do to be a blessing for you. All right, well, let's just close this morning in a brief word of prayer, and then we'll go our separate ways today. I hope that you have a great rest of your week and that you enjoy your weekend with your local assemblies, uh, worshiping the Lord together. All right, let's close in a word of prayer today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for these time to spend a few minutes in your word. And thank you for the encouragement that you desire to give us victory as we walk in obedience and yield ourselves to you. And thank you that we can remember the end of the story and we can be confident that you are coming victorious. You win. You win. And this this story, I believe, in a small way encapsulates that. And thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for that challenge. Uh, and it's that, that lifts up our own hearts today. Father, I pray that you'll help us as we go into our workplaces today, that we would be a, uh, that we would be a consistent testimony, that you would give us the opportunity to develop redemptive relationships and to share the gospel and to fulfill the great commission that you've given to us. Help, help us to be faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ today. We'll give you the honor and glory for everything that's done because you're the one that deserves it. We ask all of these things in your name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great weekend and we'll see you again next week.